He's now doing a live tour of his podcast and it broke the record um, for selling out the London Palladium. So anyone, you probably have an international audience that doesn't know, that's like the pinnacle of the West End in the UK comedians. I think it has like 3,000, 3,500 seats, something like that. And he sold it out in less than nine minutes for a live podcast. World-renowned comedians haven't done that. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. Whether it's generating you new business or just the fact that you know that you can be helping people whilst you sleep because you've uploaded an hour-long episode and it's really helped them, there's amazing. And I really can't recommend people having a podcast enough because the fact that you only need a thousand so many people think it's like YouTube where you need like millions of subscribers, where it's not. You only need two and a half thousand unique people to listen to you to be in the top 1% of all podcasts in the whole world. Um, and you only need a thousand true fans to earn 100k. But what if you only had half of that? Would you be upset if you made 50k through an hour of a week of your time? And today's guest is Ken Barron helping entrepreneurs and business owners develop their brand through the power of podcasting. He's the host of the Podcasters Podcast and head of the Progressive Media Podcast Agency. Hi, Kane. Where are you calling from today? I'm based in Peterborough today. Brilliant. Now, let's get straight to the inspiration. Could you tell me a person who inspires you the most and why? It's a difficult question, to be honest, to name any one person. I feel like I gain a lot of inspiration from everyone around myself. To to I think to credit any one person is to discredit the others. Um, my fiance is an incredible lady, Freya. Um, she helps me and supports me in everything that I want to do. She very very rarely complains and always just gets on with stuff and is an incredible humble person um, for how amazing she is. So I think. I get a lot of inspiration from her and also I get grounded from her quite a lot. Not because I'm in trouble, um, but, you know, um, the other um, use of the word. Um, my team that I work with, um, they're amazing, very innovative people, outside the box thinkers. Um, so Tom and Aaron, um, Rob Moore, they're innovators, um, I think. So they're always pushing and we're all pushing each other to think of the next thing not to get complacent and my family so my parents are both got an incredible work ethic always have so myself uh, my two sisters all started working as soon as we legally could um have all worked stupid amount of hours um even whilst we was at university and things like this so i i couldn't pick any one person because i think um, they say you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. And for me, that is um, my colleagues, my fiance and my immediate family. And they are um, all inspiration on their own way. No, thank you. That is really beautiful. You've got a great support team by the sounds of it. And um, I'm guessing podcasting is part of your passion now and that team um that you work with at Progressive. Uh, can, can you tell us a, a bit more about that? Yeah, 100%. So it's a huge passion of mine. Um, it's always been one of my largest interests um, because I've just been a fan of the medium myself for such a long time. I used it as a 
learning and revision tool throughout education um, and university. I use it as wind down time and entertainment when I'm on long journeys or whatever it means. And I'm massively into self-development in a variety of different ways. So again, podcasting is the perfect medium for that. So I've always been a fan of the medium and I see how much value there is for it to help other people, to grow brands, to make money through podcasting. A lot of people have been able to quit their jobs that I've worked with. They're now full-time in podcasting, which is such an amazing thing. So I've always been a fan of the medium and my team's incredible. So along, I run the agency alongside um, Tom and Aaron, um, Aaron Nelson, Tom Luter, and those two are, again, incredible work ethic. They're always working late. Um, always working weekends every time they're on holiday. I don't think Aaron's ever had a day off um, where he hasn't spoken to me. We were always on the phone and things like that. Um, so we've got a very good team and there's the three of us, but there's pretty much probably close to 20 um, in, the, in the overall team and everyone is always um, helping each other out, picking up slack if somebody's ill, especially now we're in sort of the realm of COVID and people having to isolate and stuff. So I think having a really good team has helped us be very successful, which I'm obviously very thankful for. Um, but I couldn't thank Aaron and Tom enough. That's brilliant. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And what what has really inspired me when I've watched your courses, and you alluded to it there, but I want you to explain a bit more, is you pretty much can make dreams come true in, in my eyes because what you're kind of saying is if people have a niche, it might just be a hobby. Um, it might be a very specific niche that there's probably scope for them to celebrate that by producing content in the form of a podcast. But then people are going to be with that, you know, there's 8 billion people in the world and most of them have got access to podcasts. So you can potentially find the people who love that very specific niche and create a community around it, which is amazing anyway. And then even maybe monetize the value that you're adding uh, so, I mean, that just means everybody's in one aspect, dreams can come true. So can you just explain a bit about how people listening might be able to do that? Yeah, of course. So Kevin Kelly, who was the founder of the company called Wired, um, I think many people would have seen some of their articles. He came up with the thousand true fans theory. So you only need a thousand true fans to essentially have a quite a luxury life so if you have a, a thousand people paying you eight pound fifty a month you're now earning six figures a year and if you have a thousand true fans so not just people that you know follow you on facebook but never engage with any posts but true fans and generally podcast listeners are such an intimate medium you know i'm currently in your ear right now i can be taken into the shower with you to the gym what jogging um, and it, it's long form and a lot of podcasts solve problems for people. Even a comedy podcast or a true crime podcast is still solving the problem of boredom for somebody or maybe they're feeling down and they need to be cheered up. Or um, in this case, maybe they're lacking some motivation. Um, or in my, my case, um, people want to start a podcast because they've listened to me talk and think, that sounds great, um, but they don't know where to start. So it, they solve a problem for them. It's very intimate and it's long form. You build a connection. So it's quite easy to achieve your thousand true fans and then anything you do in life. So if you bring up merchandise, a book, um, 
they will buy that stuff. And, and it's not like selling, it's an appreciation and they understand the value in what you have to offer. So um, a very, very popular podcast at the moment is Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO. He's now doing a live tour of his podcast and it broke the record um, for selling out the London Palladium. So anyone, you probably have an international audience that doesn't know, that's like the pinnacle of the West End in the UK, comedians. I think it has like 3,000, 3,500 seats, something like that. And he sold it out in less than nine minutes for a live podcast where like world-renowned comedians haven't done that. And the place has been around for like hundreds of years. So that was... Um, and that was very, very recent as well. So that sort of opened my eyes again. I was already aware of it and it still sort of took me back a bit and thought, wow, like it's a very powerful medium. So I think you can help a lot of people with podcasting. I talk a lot about remote goodwill because podcasting has what we, we call a long tail. So people will often go back and listen to your back catalog and the algorithms will promote um, older episodes, whereas with Facebook and Instagram, you might make a post with a, a very lovely caption that might help someone, but in 48 hours, that is gone. And no one will probably ever see that again. Um, but with podcasting, that's not the case. So you can release an episode that really helps somebody, really resonates with them. And it could you could have recorded and uploaded that five years ago, but you could have forgot that that was even an episode. Somebody listens to that and you could have changed their life. You might have helped them with, the exam they were sitting, the personal problem they was trying to overcome, help them scale a business. And so I've, I, the podcast agency that I run, we have over 200 clients and pretty much all of them, the first episodes, they're most downloaded because people go back. And so many of them that have been doing it for like multiple years have told me that they've had clients off of the back of episodes that they released in their first year. So, um, whether it's generating you new business or just the fact that you know that you can be helping people whilst you sleep because you've uploaded an hour-long episode and it's really helped them, there's that. I think that's amazing. Um, and yeah, I, I really can't recommend people having a podcast enough because the fact that you only need a thousand. So many people think it's like YouTube where you need like millions of subscribers where it's not, you only need two and a half thousand unique people to listen to you to be in the top 1% of all podcasts in the whole world. Um, and you only need a thousand true fans to earn a hundred K. But what if you only had half of that? Would you be upset if you made 50 K through an hour of a week of your time? Probably not. Um, so yeah, I think it's really powerful and I love that. No, thank you. And you, you've inspired me even more there just with the, that, you know, reminded me that it might be helping people and it's out there as content, you know, as, as, as long as the internet exists almost virtually. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And what I really like also is these very specific niches. Can you give us an example of one or two um, that have been successful that maybe, you know, if I, you know, I'm generally doing insp inspiring events and people's inspiring stories, which is still at the moment quite broad brush. And we might niche down in the future, uh, but I've got some more weird and wonderful things that, that I really like that I thought that was, never works as a podcast. And now I'm considering that they might because of, of what you've told me, but can you give a couple of examples? 100%. So I'm going to give you, there's 
four. So two that I've worked with and but two that I know of. So the two that I know of, uh, I just love these two because they're so random. So there's one called Beef and Dairy, which is a comedy show where they only make jokes about beef and dairy. Um, and there's another one, which is an unusual history of gnomes, which is just an unusual history of garden gnome. Whoa. Um, and both very random. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Sorry, I lost you a little bit. Did you hear that? Y- yes. Yeah. It paused for a, a split second, but I've, uh, yeah, j- just repeat the names of them two again, just then uh, in case it, it, it broke off. No worries. So um, beef and dairy and an unusual history of gnomes. Um, and then two that I've worked with. So we have Dig Deep, which is all about the mining industry, um, specifically recruitment. So very, very niche, but in an industry where there's a lot of money. Um, and also an interesting health and safety podcast. Um, Colin's done particularly well this year. He started a new business. His show is now on US radio um, nationally. Um, and both of those are in top 1% of podcasts globally, earning six, seven figures a year um, and, you know, still growing. And they're really, really niche. Now, you were doing law at university, I believe, and then mm-hmm. you've gone into podcasting and you've explained why you liked the podcast during your earlier life. Um, is there anything else in, inspired that shift i'm guessing after university or was there another step in between so funnily enough um so one of the podcasts i work on is the disruptive entrepreneur um rob moore um and when way before uni way before when i was first started working um would have just turned 16 i worked at a coffee shop worked at costa coffee and i used to serve every morning 5 a.m rob moore um yeah so it was a very small world uh i once i'd sort of spoken to him a few times found out what he did um and his podcast that was one of the first podcasts i listened to on a consistent basis um and that pretty much would have been um i would have started listening to him probably pretty much as soon as he launched um and yeah so i was I knew there was a connection there um, for potential business at some point. Um, I was a big fan of the stuff he was doing. He was incredibly successful. And I just reached out to him one day. And, you know, sort of the the rest is history. And now run his podcast agency with, you know, over 200 clients, 20 um, repurposing clients where we do their YouTube and things. Um, helped thousands of people on our online events and in-person events. So yeah, it's, it wasn't, um, I, I suppose the shift was after starting my second year of university, I realized I didn't enjoy law that much. I didn't enjoy the theory. Um, I enjoyed the practical side of it. Um, doing, I did a lot of work experience, but I also realized that the average person, it can take a long time to get where you really want to be. And that's not really what I wanted to do. I'm incredibly driven. Um, and it's not even necessarily all about the money, but just having milestones ticked off, I think. And, you know, I don't even know what those milestones are. I just want to feel like I'm progressing and doing something interesting. Um, so there's, 
it's ever changing in, in <laughs> and almost chaos in our office, to be honest, because there's always stuff going on. There's always plans being made. There's never a, a quiet minute, to be honest. And I love that. Um, whereas I think that's complete opposite of the legal industry. I think it's generally quite dry. Um, so yeah, I suppose um, the fact that um, I knew there was something interesting about Rob, the fact that I didn't want to do law anymore, and I just thought the next logical step is to reach out. Your network is your net worth. So reach out to these people, even if they're not your friends or close acquaintances, if you get the opportunity to meet these people, take an advantage if, if there's an opportunity there. That is so, so, so big a takeaway for listeners. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, touched because, you know, we had Rob as one of the the first couple of guests and, you know, his book, I'm Worth More, proved to me how much, you know, he, he really knows about, you know, finding your self-worth and, and living your true purpose. So I'm sure you've got a, a great mentor there. And yeah, that I took the opportunity. I wouldn't normally, literally about a month ago. So Giles Brandreth sat on the train carriages walking through and I, I thought, I can't. I thought, I'm, I'm going to ask him if he'll be a guest. And he's, he says, he's got to wait till next year, but he's, he's going to come on. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it, it works. So oh, not honestly all the time, but it, it can work. So yeah, thanks for for you know telling people to, to make that, that step. Now, I love events that somehow dissolve barriers between people and inspire people to feel like they're on the same team and you've I mean you've mentioned you're in a great team there but is there any specific event or story in that kind of space that might inspire a bit of togetherness that you can tell us well I wish that question was the last one so I suppose it's the story I've just told um it's yeah I mean to take it away and again for your example is people every single person on this planet is just a normal human being um I, you have to respect their time of course and whatever but if there's anyone you remotely know if there's an opportunity there you've got to take it um and i'm a big advocate of just saying yes and then figuring out everything else later good things generally happen um so yeah i, I would just say even if you, you don't know somebody particularly well, but there's any sort of in there. If they are ahead of you or they're doing something you want to be doing, just reach out to them. So one of my clients, um, Stephen, he actually goes to the same boxing gym as a um, former Love Island winner, Jack Fincham. And he, you know, started conversation. He had a podcast, he interviewed him. And the day that that went live, within an hour, it was picked up by the Daily Mail. An hour after that, it was picked up by every other mainstream outlet in the UK. Um, and his downloads went up 900% overnight. Um, so, you know, good things happen when you meet good people, but you're not going to meet them if you're going to sort of be a bit too shy about it. You've got to jump and, and ask the difficult question. Yeah. No, thank you for that. So, and then you've just launched the podcaster's podcast Uh with uh, your team there and helping, you know, give great information. In fact, I've got the note here. Yeah, tips, tricks, updates, and intensive advice to start, grow, and improve your podcast. So, yeah, do you want to tell us a bit more about that project? Yeah, 100%. So we've been deliberating probably since February this year about starting a podcast. Um and, you know, things always get in the way 
And these are all the things that we tell people, you know, don't get in your way. Um, and we finally just went for it. And, you know, we hired some more people to take us, could dedicate a bit of time to it. We've been pretty active on Clubhouse this last year as well, because we know there's a large um, podcast community there. And a lot of people that want to podcast, they love the sort of audio only medium, but they just don't know how. And that's pretty much it. So we have an agency. Um, we also have our online training and we have the podcast. So really, no matter wherever you are financially or where you are in your podcast journey, you can get some help from us depending on you know, how much of our time it involves. And with podcasting, it doesn't really take any of our time. Like I said earlier, you get remote leveraged goodwill i can help people for years to come um on, on older episodes so it's very much a how-to type podcast it's a hybrid between interviewing great podcasters or industry experts in in podcasting and also myself tom and aaron um we sort of give our wisdoms and life lessons from podcasting because we get so many FAQs from people online or our clients. And to be honest, it's just so much easier to say, go and listen to episode six than it is to go jump on a half an hour call and explain it to a hundred people. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a how-to, it's sort of a one-stop shop on the foundations of podcasting. Um, and then it's sort of the first step. And then, you know, if you want to progress and you think, okay, this is definitely what I want to do. I can get started now. And then, you know, you've got our training. We've got our agency when you sort of want to take it big time. But for, it helps those people that are on the fence about whether they want to start or not. Hopefully it gives them that nudge and that encouragement. Yeah, I'll put the, the link in the show notes so people yeah, thank you very can kind. find it. And if you could pick anybody, who would you get as a guest? I'm guessing it doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast-related guest. If you, <laughs> Who would be your favorite guest to get? Um, so it's probably between two. It would either be, it's probably between three, to be honest. It's difficult because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, so Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, um, Stephen Bartlett, all of those um, are podcasters that I admire. They're very good at their craft, very good at questioning. I think that's a, it's a very difficult skill to learn. Um, and they've been doing it for so long. And that's what I tell everyone is you just get good at it through repetition. Um, and I think they would have a lot of value to my audience, all of them. So any one of those, it would be my pleasure. And I like your mindset there. You know, you're always thinking about how you can add value to your audience. That's probably, a, you know, a really good way to, you know, to, to direct yourself through this journey. And I've dabbled a tiny little bit in crypto. I'm not an expert at all, but I've just recently found a, there's like a, a subscription platform similar to the non-crypto subscription platforms that, um, you know, people with podcasts can maybe use to, uh, to, to put some of their content in. I, I, can you, have you got any insight into that space or what, what's coming in the future in specifically maybe somehow if crypto and NFTs are going to merge into the podcasts or subscriber world? So I definitely think NFTs will as um, 
bonuses within the conventional subscription model. So um, I would say like the the typical subscription model is, you know, someone has a free podcast and they're doing an advert on their podcast for their Patreon. That's the most commonly used platform. And they might have three tiers, like a three pound, 10 pound and 50 pound a month. I can see, uh, and obviously you get a ever increasing amount of bonuses as you go up the price range. I could definitely see NFTs being part of um, bonuses. If not, they, they probably already are, depending on you know what your um, topic is. If you have like a, an older audience, it's probably not of value because you spend half your time trying to explain what it is. Um, I can also see eventually if it starts stabilizing or if there's going to be a platform or platforms, which I'm sure there will be coming where you can pay in crypto. But um, I know because of how volatile it is, people are reluctant to do that. Um, and most people seem to hold crypto as a um, sort of, essentially, it's like a unit of currency that they don't want to use. They want it to go up in value, um, you know, more similar to blocks of gold, essentially. Um, not I don't actually know anyone who has crypto to use it as a currency. Most people just hold it. So again, probably not ideal because the whole point of having that subscription model is you want to monetize. Um, and I know there's a lot of things uh, like BitClout and stuff like that where you can invest in a creator. You could essentially own a percentage of their content or the money that that content generates. Um, and that the way that you buy into them is through cryptocurrencies on the blockchain. That can potentially be, um, I can definitely see that taking off. The only problem I see with that is, um, you know, does what happens if the creator just completely dilutes it and just, you know, leaves and then they've sort of screwed their audience. You would hope they wouldn't, um, but you never know. Um, the founder of BitCloud was actually on one of my favorite podcasts as a guest. Uh, it's called My First Million. Excellent podcast for anyone that's sort of entrepreneurial out there. Um, so, so to be honest, the answers are, I don't know. Definitely, no, no, that's okay. Was... You've you've given me more information than I had, so that uh, <laughs> it, it, it's uh... no worries. Yeah, so I, I definitely think like, it will happen. Um, you know, everybody wants their next like fintech company because it's so easy to be worth a billion at like 22 years old. Um, but I don't know how well they will be adopted. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah, maybe people in, it needs to be a more crypto-based podcast maybe for the people, you know. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. But my friend in the US literally in the last couple of weeks uh, sent me a, a link and it, it's it was titled The, the World's First combined fiat and crypto subscription platform for creators uh, called C-R-A-T-O-R, Creator. So it's mm. not long, it's not live yet, but I'm thinking that would be good to at least track and see see how that happens. I'll send you the link after anyway, just in case it's yeah, of interest. Yeah. Do it. One of the big problems with it, so conventionally, um, industry average is between 5 and 15% of people that listen to your podcast, the free version will convert to, you know, your Patreon or whatever that may be. That will probably rapidly decrease if they have to buy 
a crypto, which, you know, if people haven't done before, it can be a bit of a ball ache and you've got to learn how to do it before you can do it. Um, and then once that's converted, you then convert that into, um, so let's use the example of like BitClout or its competitors. There are others out there. I just can't remember their names. So I just keep referencing BitClout. Um, you then convert it into, um, let's say it's like Kane coin or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of friction there. Um, which is generally going to just bring down how many people do it. Um, whereas you can always just build sort of the conventional method and then change it later on. Um, I, I probably wouldn't necessarily, if you're trying to earn mon- money through your podcast, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, would yeah, yeah. Strategy. No, not just only crypto. No, no, that's that, that's true. Right. And I mean, you've been involved with lots of, individual podcasters within your agency and you've explained some have got quite specific niches and is there any particularly inspiring individual amongst that group that you're allowed to to tell us about um you know something that that's moved you that they've either you know managed to do or or achieve yeah i would say to be honest i've mentioned him before but colin nottage the interesting health and safety podcast so He's been able to, so that is like really niche. Most people would call it like very dull and boring. And that's why he ironically called it the interesting health and safety podcast. And similar to myself, he's just always says yes. And and he's had a lot of opportunities. So there's one other person doing a health and safety podcast. And what I love about podcasting generally is it's very collaborative. People don't see each other as a competition. And him and this other gent, Basically, they started a business together through the pandemic. And it's very easy for him just to, you know, disregard this guy because he's his only competitor. But instead, they actually reached out and they built a relationship and they have health and safety consultancy. Um, probably can't say too much about it, but they've got some very, very, very large contracts coming in. Um, both of them are on are being syndicated on US radio shows. Um, and they've just got so many opportunities like so many every time i talk to him every month or two where we have like a good catch-up there's just like oh i've done this amazing contract or this new thing's happening um and you know he doesn't spend loads of money on his setup he's a really humble guy he's just a regular guy he only lives probably half an hour from here in peterborough um and yeah, it's not doesn't come from you know like masses riches or anything like that. It doesn't have a huge social media following. Um, so really, when people say like, "Oh, you have to be young," or "You need loads of money," you need a, like a huge team. Yes, he leverages our podcast agency, but it's not like he's employed like ten people by himself, which um, I know a lot. Of, um, so he's done really well for himself, and I think that's quite inspiring. In the fact that even if you're not young you don't have a huge social media following you're not filthy rich you're not like the most advanced with the technology of those very good now um or you don't have anything in quotes interesting to say you know that's subjective and as you mentioned earlier almost 8 billion people on this planet you can definitely get a few so i think that's a massively inspiring story and you, it's not only inspiring for the reason you've said but it's just that togetherness piece that you know i, I know I, i've only the last few years started to realize there's this abundance mindset rather than the scarcity mindset that 
you know, I think I've been in the scarcity one a bit too much, really. And that just to look at it as an opportunity to collaborate with the other only other health and safety podcaster out there, and they've going great guns now, rather mm. than thinking, oh, you know, we, is my competition. So yeah, that that's such a, a big takeaway for me from that. So thanks. And now it's time for quick fire inspiration. One of your most inspiring films. Pursuit of Happiness. Wow. That's the third, you're the third person, I think, to say that film. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's amazing. It's some films have really moved people. Um, your most inspiring aspect of nature. Hmm. That's a difficult question. I'm not sure. No, that's okay. Maybe I don't go outside enough. I'm too busy in this podcast booth. <laughs> well done. I mean, it's nature in its own way. It's the silence it was beautiful then because you're in the in the soundproof room, as as you said at this before we press record. And wow, it, yeah, the silence was so beautiful, actually. Um, the most inspiring aspect of design or style? You're really coming at me with these questions. Again, I, I don't know how to answer these questions. I, I'm intrigued. What, what have other people said? Now I want to know. A couple of people have said like Apple Macs for um, design. Rob mentioned his... I think he's got a really cool um, vinyl record player of some sort. Um, design or style. I think one person mentioned like the sacred architecture, where they're using that like Fibonacci style, you know, nature-based, well, nature-based design. Um, yeah, that's for the, the design one. Or style. A lot of people laugh, at, you know, actually and say I'm not that stylish. You know, the design of a, a music, of a guitar, for example. Yeah, somebody mentioned that. So yeah, it's just anything. What, now, now I've got a bit of inspiration. Um, skyscrapers. Anytime I'm in like a large city, I just get this very, I would say it's an inspired feeling, almost um, just sort of, like I'm hopped up on happy pills. I always feel very happy when, because Peterborough is a small town um, and I wouldn't want to live in a big city. But anytime I'm traveling, especially when you get to go to London, you first get off out of King's Cross um, or wherever train station get out of. It is a, a very like inspired feeling when you think, oh, there's a lot of great things happening here. There's loads of people. I love being amongst the people when it's, you know, occasional. Um, so yeah, I, I just think cities, skyscrapers being very small in a large, you know, surrounded by large buildings, loads of opportunity. I think that that's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, I know what you, you mean. Yeah, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. One of your most inspiring songs? It's a strange one. Um, and I, I don't know necessarily if people would see it as inspired, but if I'm due to go to the gym or you know i'm feeling a bit sluggish and i'm going on stage to do something there is a song that roy jones jr uses um, on his ring walk which is called can't be touched um and if anyone's feeling a little bit sluggish and they've got to go work out or do something listen to that it's like the ultimate pump up song um so yeah i think i'd go with that Perfect. Thank you. And the last quick fight inspiration, your most inspiring aspect of travel. Again, uh, I would say getting to an airport, I get a very 
and you know flying is a very similar feeling i get is when i go to big cities it's sort of change opportunity um things to come uh, i get a very sort of positive and inspired feeling anytime i'm in, in an airport or on a plane brilliant thank you for that Right, well, we're coming towards uh, the end now. The, the last couple of questions. Um, it's maybe a difficult one, this. So, um, what is most right in the world? Nothing. Uh, I, I personally don't think anything is right or wrong in the world. I think it is what it has to be. Uh, you can't have good without bad, yin and yang. Um, and what is right for me is wrong for someone else. So, I don't think. Um, I don't think anyone should have the audacity to say otherwise, to be honest, because, um, you know, the world isn't created for any one person. We all live in it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's perfect the way it is. Um, uh, yeah. And anytime you make a good change, something bad always happens. There's always an opposite, equal or opposite reaction. So perfect. And what is the next book on your reading list? So I was interviewing earlier, um, somebody earlier, and they mentioned it's a book called The 12-Week Year. Um, so I mentioned earlier, very into self-development, um, being better, more efficient. Um, I don't really compare myself to others, but compare myself to yesterday. So how can I improve? Um, and then the more me and my team improve, the better results that our clients get, um, the more time I can spend with family and do the things you enjoy so i'm constantly trying to read books on how to make myself more efficient improve myself um uh, so that would probably be my next one 12 do you know who the author is 12 week year don't no I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes yeah. yeah don't worry um a second one though actually that um again i can't remember <laughs> this is the opposite i can't remember the title of the book but i remember the author um Mo Gorda, he was um, very high up in Google, um, lost his son in like a tragic accident um, or illness. And he basically has like an equation to happiness, um, which is sort of, a, it's a very unique take. And you might like it from your accounting background and being quite analytical, um, having like a formula to, to thing in, it's an interesting read. Um, or it should be anyway. I've listened to him on a lot of podcasts um, and some of his speeches, public speeches. So I'm definitely going to check that out as well. So over the Christmas period, I want to try and polish off those two. Brilliant. No, thank you for all that value today, Kane. And if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? So the podcast is podcast on any of the podcast apps or I'm Kane underscore Baron 3. should probably get that changed uh, on Instagram. Um, if, if anybody wants to reach out send me a DM always happy to chat podcasts brilliant thank you my pleasure thank you thanks Kane for such an insightful contribution today here are Kane's top 10 hits of inspiration with a podcast twist one get inspired by all the people who you find turning up in your life be it your intimate relationship your family or people at work two use podcasts as a revision aid as a wind down aid and for self-development. Three, get inspired by close-knit teams and all the benefits these can bring. Four, get inspired by the 1000 true fans theory and how you could really do a podcast in a really particular niche that you love. 
and find the people around the world from the 8 billion population that love it. Five, get inspired by how podcasts can solve a problem and how you can help people with them and how your back catalogue of podcasts can be doing this while you sleep. Creating remote leveraged goodwill. Seven, get inspired simply by progression itself, like Cain. As long as it's something you find interesting, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. Just have milestones so you can tick them off. Eight, your net work is your net worth. Get inspired to have the confidence to reach out to some of the people you're following, like Cain did with Rob Moore. It may change your life. Ask that difficult question. Nine, get inspired by having the option just to say yes and figure it out later. Ten, why not lead with how to add value to your audience? That's a cool solution on moving forward in some areas of life. Eleven, get inspired by giving NFT bonuses to your podcast audience. And finally, number twelve, get inspired by yin and yang when having a perspective on life. Thanks for joining me today. Watch out for news on our new group. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it. And please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you wish, leave us some comments. In your comments, please let us know any inspirational subjects you'd like us to cover. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people. If you have something to share in this space, send me an email at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.